Welcome to the B2B Marketing and Copywriting Podcast. I'm your host, Linda Malone, certified conversion copywriter, copy strategist, and founder of Copyworks. Join me each week as I speak with experts in the fields of marketing, copywriting, decision-making, psychology, and more, all with one goal, to help you attract your ideal customers and inspire them to take action. This week's episode is a little different in that instead of me doing the interviewing, I'm the one on the hot seat, specifically on Sam Dunning's podcast called The Business Growth Show, which I highly recommend. In this episode, I talk about all things AI as it relates to copywriting and how copywriters can use AI to improve their work and cut down their time and increase productivity and so on. So I get into the pros and cons. I also talk about how to use AI for research, lesser known ways to use AI for copy and content, when to avoid it, and how to put it in the mix for your writing and content needs. So give it a listen. So joining me today, I've got returning guest, Linda Malone, Linda's founder over at The Copy Works. Linda, welcome back to the show. How are we? <laughs> Good. Thanks so much for having me on again, Sam. I appreciate it. No dramas at all. So we're going to be chatting about AI, using it for copywriting and content. Is it hell yes? Or is there no way we should ever even consider letting AI and robots touch our masterful <laughs> words? Um, so first and foremost, is AI really a smart idea when it comes to our, our copywriting, our content? I don't think we really have a choice. You know, whether you're a copywriter like myself or a content writer, it's there, it's all over, you can't avoid it. So, you know, I had put out a newsletter recently where I said I went through the the five stages of of grief with the AI, like a denial, <laughs> you know, oh, it's not, it's not gonna happen. Anger, you know, how can they do this to us and all of it? And now I've come to acceptance. So I feel like it's a matter of working with it, not against it. Mm. Mm -hmm. So for people that are skeptical, I mean, to be to be fair, I haven't used it a ton. I mean, our team use it a bit when we're putting together certain articles for frameworks and stuff like that when writing SEO copy. Myself, I've used it for bits and pieces, still yet to get stuck in and embrace it fully. Um, but what are, for anyone that's, I guess, yet to dabble in AI when it comes to especially producing pen to paper, copy, whether that's for their website or for other means, what are the main advantages that you see? I like it for, the number one thing I use it for is brainstorming. Right. And what I do is I almost consider it like an assistant. So I keep it open on my two monitors. So I keep it open on one monitor. If I run into the, even like defining something, I would just pop something in. It's easier than Google. The only thing is it gives me so much information. A lot of times it's overkill. It's like, I, I just needed like a simple sentence, but I use it for, um, and this is one of the things I've discovered recently. If I get on chat GPT, cause that's usually what I use. And I use the um, chat GPT four model. So I pay $20 a month for it. Cause it's supposed to have better, um, better information. If I use that first, I find that it could ruin my own original ideas. So I try to right. do something on my own and then toss it to chat GPT and say, can you improve this instead of starting with it and then kind of being tainted by what it's already told me. Mm. So that's one of the things, headlines, subject lines. Um, yesterday I did something I had not done yet and it was interesting. I had, <clears throat> excuse me, written a blog post for a client and I said, can you just check this for any, any vocabulary, any, you know, typos. And it said, well, we're going to give you some, <laughs> some gentle like changes we would recommend. And it was interesting because I didn't expect that. 
And it came back with, um, it said, you've used the word there, T-H-E-Y apostrophe R-E, and they are in different places. We recommend you use consistency, which is a great point. Um, it did, there was no typos, but it did give me some uh, grammar corrections, which actually were intentional on my part. So I ignored them because it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it got, follows strict grammar rules, but not conversational rules. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. So from that side of things, we're talking about, are we talking about quite literally feeding it in our own ideas? Like you mentioned there, things like headlines, perhaps subject lines for emails, um, that kind of thing. And then using it to perhaps polish those, whether it's, whether it's check for typos, whether it's make small tweaks, incremental changes. Is that, is that what we're talking about as, as one of the main use cases? Yeah, for me, it's even with my own podcast. I've put in titles I've come up with or I've asked for titles. And the more specific you are, the better. So if you say, I want to use, you know, these words. And mm. I, I usually will say, um, help me create an engaging, captivating, you know, title that will attract marketers. Like the more specific you are for who it's for, exactly what words you want to use. But it does tend to overuse certain words. Like if you ask for a title or subject line. It loves the word unleash. I don't know mm. why. I've unleash. seen that a lot in chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of exclamation points, which is, to me, it's lazy writing as far as copy goes. You know, you have to use a lot of exclamation points. You need to look at your copy. <laughs> it's usually. So it loves it. It loves colons. It'll have, and, and so I will say, please eliminate the colons. Don't use this word. And then it comes back with something. I end up combining a bunch of them is usually how I end up with the the finished title. Mm. But yeah, I don't know why it loves that word so much, but yeah. Okay. What would you say are some of the drawbacks, some of the negatives that you've seen from using it so far? Really just the overuse of certain words and that it, it pulls from the internet, obviously. So you're going to get a lot of what I call marketing speak. I did a whole post on LinkedIn about it that went viral a couple weeks ago because it will use the same words over and over. It sounds robotic. There is actually a software, I can't think of the name of it offhand, but I'm sure you could Google it, that can check. I will cut and paste something that I think is written by AI, even if it's a comment in LinkedIn, and I'll pop it in there, and it'll tell you the percentage chances that it is written mm -hmm. by AI. And the reason is it uses these same words over and over. Um, that's the biggest issue, is that it doesn't, it doesn't um, produce copy that is conversational. It's just, it's grammatically correct, but it's just the same old stuff. So that's the biggest problem I find. Yeah. 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 I've seen like a rise in LinkedIn comments as well, like mm -hmm. on my posts and other people's posts in the feed where you can straight away, I don't know what it is, but you can just see it say, I think they pretty much copy and paste the person's LinkedIn post into chat GPT or a similar tool. Right. And then basically say, give me a reply for this, for this post. Yeah. And then the reply that they put is usually like a really long paragraph, but it's just basically mixing and matching what you said with more jargon, confusing words, and then saying at the end, great post, Sam, or great post, Linda. And it's like, exactly. Yeah. Great happened? post. Good job. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's not somebody, a person. <laughs> yeah. It is funny. It does make me laugh when I see those in the feed. Cool. So those are some kind of negatives in terms of what we're doing. Um, so what might be quite fun to do to give the audience something tangible is if we could perhaps do a step-by-step, -step, maybe through initial research, 
through to a final piece of copywriting, um, what would be the process? And feel free to do that maybe on a headline or, I don't know, a, a cold email or maybe a, a website homepage. You, you pick the, the outcome or the medium. Um, <laughs> but we start with uh, kind of initial foundations right through to, to end copy and incorporating AI as you recommend. Well, I usually start, um, I don't start with a headline. Like say, I, for example, if I'm writing, um, see, I don't I have not used this for emails because I just don't think okay. it's good. But <laughs> if it is a, say a blog post. Sure. I would pull all the research and notes that I have, interviews even. And this is where I found it's really helpful. I'll take like, say this is being recorded. I can take the transcript, pop it into AI and say, pull out the most relevant points. What are some bullet points? Yep. That is very helpful. Um, with a, a client recently I had, she wanted me to write a landing page for her. And she had four personas. Mm. And I said, how am I going to write this? So, and it was for a homepage. So I had to include all of them. I took all the personas, threw it into chat and said, what are the similarities between these four? And I came up with some really great points. Something that I said, what is overlapping with all these, these audiences? So I would start with, getting all my research kind of organized that way, pulling out. But you also have to go back in and check because it has missed some points that I, I've seen this a few times. I've had to go back in and say, okay, didn't capture this, didn't capture. So you have to double check it. But you can get a basic outline for how, and you can ask it, okay, how should I structure this post? What makes sense? And again, the more specific, you know, the better. So it, it will come up with, okay, start with an overall view here, and it'll break it out. It's great for that. Got it. And so, yeah, that's yeah. I know. Um, I know when we had you on the show before, you gave us kind of a walkthrough on doing certain pieces of research before you actually dive in and do any copywriting at all. And um, now, in terms of the actual research that you want to feed into ChatGPT or a similar tool, I know you said you can pull cool recordings. In this landing case instance, you had four personas that you put in there. And it kind of put them all, all the similarities together. Are there certain pieces of research that you are kind of always something that you recommend that people do in a B2B space before they actually go ahead and dive into any copy, whether they're writing out themselves using AI assistance or whatever? Um, I'm not sure if I have, I'm answering this right, but the interviews that I do with customers, that I find is really helpful. Um, especially if you use something, I use Fireflies to record. Okay. Use a transcript. I'll take the whole thing. It saves a ton of time. Um, that's really the first thing I do. Um, so if I'm writing, say, for example, like like I said, a blog post, I don't do a lot of blog. Let's just say a landing page, and I want to sure. pull out the challenges. That's the one of the things you can do. What from all these interviews? What are the biggest challenges that this audience has? That I've done and it's been very helpful. The other thing is you can ask it, what are the biggest objections? And that you can get even more general and just you don't have to use your research for that as I mean, you can use it as part of it. But I did this mm. yesterday. I said, if I am selling, it's just something I was thinking about. If I'm selling a copywriting course to marketers, what will be the biggest objections to this audience? And it came up with, you know, pricing or the fact that everyone has this and and so those are the things that I know I'm going to have to tackle in my copy. Okay. So if it, it, I mean, does that make sense? So it's like that you does. want to know. Yeah, yeah. Because if you're using copywriting, you're using, say, for the most simple one, 
pain agitation and solution, you want to find what are the pain points? Mm. You know, what are some specifics? The specifics, I think, are ones you really have to do on your own because you need to talk to people. And that's something chat can't do. You know, AI can't do. Yeah. 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 Okay. So in that case, you're putting the cool transcripts, upload them in, upload them into a tool like ChatGPT, and then you're giving it quite specific prompts, like pull out the challenges that are raised often in these cool recordings or pull out mm-hmm. the objections from these cool transcripts. Um, okay. So it's literally giving you a list so you don't have to listen to it back and then you can kind of get the bullet points, I guess, and then collect those all together. Right. And then you can dive further. Sometimes uh, what you can also do is take something that it said and say, can you expand on this? Like what, you know, ask it for more details. It's a conversation. It's sort of Mm. weird sometimes because like yesterday when I popped in the thing for my vocabulary, like, can you get any spelling? And it said, well, we're going to help you with, you know, it's like, it has no emotion. So it was just funny. We're going to help you fine tune this. There's some things that can make, can improve this copy. And I'm like, wait a minute. And ask you to do that. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's oh. almost like if it's a person, you would take offense, but it's a computer. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's uh, AI. So, mm. and when you're doing that, like when you've asked it for specific things like putting out challenges, putting out common objections, putting out pain points, there, has there ever been a time where what it's pulled out has been complete nonsense or they're generally pretty on point with what you remember from the calls that you've had? No, it's, it's on point. It's just sometimes too general. Okay. You know, like it'll it'll give me a general idea, but that's when I have to go back into the original conversation and mm. find what exactly did they say, because the specifics are really what make copy. You know, it goes from good to great. You have to really know what you know, because it says, "Oh, they're they're busy people." Well, what? How are they busy? You know, do they have families? Are they? Yep. You know, are they corporate executives? What is it that makes them busy? So. Details. It's not good at. Nice. Going into the detail of each point. Got it. Um, mm-hmm. Let's carry on with the landing page theme. Are there anything else that we should be doing from a research perspective? So as well as using the cool transcripts and perhaps personas, if there's anything else you want to add into that, is there anything else we can use from a research perspective with AI front or is that all the things we should consider? One of the things that I've found really helpful is to compare your competitors. You can ask it, but you have to keep in mind that AI is two years behind. So they're not going to have the most recent recent, but you can take, Mm -hmm. say, say SaaS companies. You can ask what are the top three or five um, most well-known SaaS companies and be more specific than that. And then um, you can break that down further. What are their differences? And you can ask chat gpt to put it in a table which i never knew you could do that please organize this and compare them and it will list what their attributes and features are and almost like when you go to a sales page and it has a check marks if you buy the basic program if you buy the moderate you know the high price it will tell you i've only done this a couple times but just what all the competition is doing and where they are the same and where they are different so creating a table is something i don't think most people know you know, about. And that's helpful for comparison, especially with your competition or your client's competition. You know, with something mm. like keywords, even you might know about that. So. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Um, and is that in terms of actually comparing competitors, is that more so you can do research and analysis of what they're doing and things that you might be able to improve in, in our case on improve on our landing page? Or is that 
right. for quite literally putting into the page itself? Or what are, what are some nice nice ways you can leverage that data from your experience? You talk about how your product is different. You know, this is, <clears throat> excuse me, we have like dust in the air over here. It's really bad. Um, talk about how your this is what is out there and this is how we're different or even um, using it as an objection, like say um, everyone does a certain thing, you know, yep. and why you don't do it. Um, and, and just, it gives you leverage in the way that you're bringing that out. Cause they're going to, if they're shopping around, they're not ready to buy and they're comparing products. That's what they're going to be doing. So you want to bring out, okay, I know what, you know, the other guys are doing and this is why, we are not, or this is why we're doing it better, or but you it's it enables you to kind of um, approach the objection and address it before, yeah. yeah, before they shop around and say, Well, they don't do this. Definitely makes sense. Well, especially in the B2B space, I mean, especially with higher ticket offers, whether that's a service, whether that's a piece of tech, a piece of SaaS software. I mean, most mm -hmm. most companies are going to compare three or so vendors as a minimum, so it kind of makes sense if you can bring those points up early if you can know what the competition's doing then address your points of differentiation it's always exactly. going to be a always going to be an advantage to leverage for sure um are there anything else that we should be doing on the research side of things before we actually go ahead and kind of put the, the copy together in our landing page example or those are the main ones just a cautionary thing is it's when it comes to because a big part of what i do in my research is to go into social and social media is not at strong point it'll and it'll pop up with a caveat hey you know we're two years behind i mean two years is an eternity in social media so that i think you still need to do manually just to pull out what people because i i get a lot of information great info on like reddit i'll go on quora what are people saying about this particular thing chat i don't think last i checked it didn't do that so that's um the other thing and then pulling out um quotes from your customers or clients, because sometimes those okay. end up on headlines because they're so good. Yep. That's something you still want to go in and do just to make sure you get it right. Nice. Nice. Um, in terms of taking this like refined information that AI has given us, so from our pool, cool recordings, we've pulled, a, pulled out a bunch of things. Let's say like we've defined kind of the common things across the different client personas we've got we've pulled out a bunch of specific and crispy challenges objections and pain points from our core recordings perhaps we've compared some of our competitors got a bit of an analysis we've got all this data but i'd imagine that's quite a lot of info um and that might just look like a wall of text on a landing page so how do you what's your process linda for taking that information then actually i mean feel, feel free to start from the top if you wish in terms of kind of putting that into a headline and then the body copy but how do we process that into something that's actually going to resonate with our target prospects and ultimately convert i guess i mean you definitely want to approach the challenges of what they are going through and the thing is SaaS, um a lot of times it's it doesn't follow the pain agitation solution format there's many different there's like 20 something different um copywriting formulas you can use if you're using um, pain agitation solution. What I would suggest is what I do is I start with the pain points in the middle of the page. I don't even touch the headline because that's the hard, you want to spend the most time on the headline because you've heard this a million times, 80% of people will <clears throat> not even read past the headline. So you want to make sure that that is really powerful. So you get the, 
the main challenges down and make sure you address them. So it's like, you know, here's what you're dealing with. Um, that would be the pain points. Then the agitation is really getting into how it's affecting their daily life um, or their daily business. You know, for example, I have a client who he um, has a SaaS company where he takes paper forms and he converts them to mobile, a mobile app. That's what they do. So the okay. pain point is you have reams of paper. Their numbers are getting transposed. You have to stay up till midnight. And this was from an actual interview with one of his customers to, you know, upload all this information instead of just taking out your phone, and popping it into a mobile app. So I would get into what it really looks like staying up into, you know, till midnight, um, transposing numbers, you know, messing up everything in accounting. And then, okay, but now here's how this can help you. So then you get in with the solution. And then I'd go back. So then you talk about why you can and how you can solve that problem. And then I would look at all that and pull out what is the most powerful um, point that you can make that, that might make the hero. And I said that might because a lot of times we use the value prop for okay. the hero. So it depends on the client, depends on the product. You know, it's really sure case by case. And sometimes they just, the client will prefer a particular thing and it's not right or wrong. You can always change it. And then the solution and then you have, you know, so it's, that's the three main parts. And then the call to action, of course, is something we talked about in the last interview, which is not, don't put learn more because learn sounds like work. You want to say, <laughs> complete the sentence, I want to schedule a demo, um, talk to, you know, talk to someone. Um, anything other than learn more is how I have been taught by my copywriting coaches. You just, even though people use it a lot, it's kind of a, a fallback that, you know, you can do better. So sure. what do you really want people to do? What, yeah. what are they going to find on the other side of that button? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Um, in terms of what you started with, starting midway, kind of using those pain points that were raised, the problems, and then agitating them. Um, were you finding, do you find, or do you recommend that listeners kind of quite literally take the points if they've deciphered them from a transcript and then ChatGPT has formulated them into some kind of list that they just kind of put those into the page? Or do they need quite a lot of then human work to decide which ones are worthy of making the, the final landing page? And then do you find that they need quite a lot of tweaking, tweaking to actually make sure they make context and are going to mm -hmm. kind of hit home with your with prospects that are landing on this page? Yeah. I mean, you definitely have to edit them. And sometimes they repeat things. Um, I mean, there's, there's nothing you can't completely just sidestep and cut and paste. I just wouldn't recommend that because it, it takes, um, as I said earlier, it's, it's really, you know, writing conversationally. You don't want to sound like a bot. So how would your customer say this? How, or how would, you know, how would you tell somebody about this? If you wouldn't use those words, then it shouldn't be in your copy. That's the other thing is, is um, chat GPT tends to use a lot of, not big words in the way that people don't understand it, but they, it doesn't write at a fifth grade reading level, which is what's recommended for 93% of your readers can read at that level. Mm. And when I've asked it to do it, it usually comes up with something almost Dr. Seuss-like. It's like, no. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it doesn't even understand that. You need to go in and just, and it's not just a matter of the words you're using. You have to shorten sentences. That's the other thing is you want to shorten sentences, have a combination of short and long sentences. 
all the same length sentences is equivalent to speaking in a monotone voice. It's just drones on and on. So you want to vary that. But yeah, you never just cut and paste from, from chat. I mean, I wouldn't. Got it. Yeah, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Okay. Um, in terms of kind of the titles, you're mentioning a bit about not necessarily going the hero area and the title area, not necessarily going with kind of feature-led. Um, could you dive a bit more detail into kind of any AI prompts you use there, or is that more once you've worked on that body copy um, with the pain agitation and solution formula, then you decide kind of what makes sense as the headline or any tips around that? I actually have, and I could send you the link you can include if you want in the show notes. There's a headline sure. analyzer, and I don't know it offhand, but it's one I've been using lately, and it will tell you, it'll break it apart to tell you what, you know, how good it is. And I, I usually will use that. So I'll start with um, coming up with my own ideas. I'll put it into chat. I want to include these words. This is the audience. Um, it tends to make long ones. So I'll say limit it to five words. And if, if that, that's usually more for emails. And then I will go into the headline analyzer with maybe the three top ones yep. and see which one resonates the most. And it. It, it's a process. I mean, it's not something that you just want to throw out there because it, you know, people aren't, aren't, aren't going to read anything if they don't get past your headline. So, yeah, 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 no doubt, no doubt. Um, and we've talked quite a lot about kind of long form copy in terms of, in our case, our example, we've walked through a, a landing page. Any nice use cases that you found or any lesser known use cases, Linda, um, in terms of short form copy? or anything like that really attention-grabbing stuff or really simplified copy that you kind of used AI for? I've tried it for LinkedIn posts. Um, I will take one, especially, you know, when you've been as consistent. I mean, I've been on LinkedIn for going on three years now, so I have hundreds of posts. And I will take a post that's been popular and I want to repurpose it, so I pop it in. Can you reword this but keep the same, you know, just... I'm usually not happy with it. <laughs> I have yet to find it really do a great job, but sometimes it'll just get me thinking like, okay, I can, cause it'll start adding the marketing speak. It'll start adding exploration yeah. points where I don't want it. I'm sure it'll mm -hmm. have the word unleash in there somewhere. I just <laughs> don't, <laughs> it's like, all right, this doesn't sound like me anymore. Um, <laughs> but sometimes it'll just give me ideas. It's, I may not use the ideas it presents, mm. but it'll help. Um, but that I found it, it can be helpful. Emails again. Um, I'm not big on, on it because you have such a short time to capture somebody's attention, especially right. now there's been a lot of talk on LinkedIn about don't send me your AI email because I'm going to call you out <laughs> on it. So people are doing it. Um, but LinkedIn posts is really the only way, the only other way of using it. Yeah. I mean, from what I've seen, it's great to kind of feed your past content and then serve your ideas bring up inspiration, like you mm -hmm. said, use use for research to collate ideas and then get shortened points or get summaries or give it prompts to get ideas from other use case perspectives or persona perspectives and stuff like that. But certainly I haven't got this feature yet, but I know LinkedIn are rolling out an AI feature because one of the other owners at WebChoice showed me and he was showing me some posts for it about, like he, in his case, he was trying to do an SEO post and it basically just did a paragraph like, SEO is search engine optimization. It's getting your website top of organic search. It's the top spots in Google, the non-paid listings. So I was like, yeah, it sounds like a robot took this. So I think it's 
a good thing about LinkedIn is everyone kind of writes about their expertise, but they put their point of view on it. And I think that's what it's missing, the point of view element of what right. someone's opinion is with their own hot take, with their own thoughts and two cents. Um, and emotions. It doesn't have emotions. Exactly. And that's what gets people to decide. I mean, it's probably the number one thing is how are you going to write mm. something? If you if people don't feel anything, they don't take any action. And, and you know, chat can't do that. And it even says, I asked before this this interview, I was popping in like, what are some of the, you know, the negatives? Um and I kind of, as I say, I, I make chat GPT punch itself in the face. It's like, what, where are you lacking information? Um, and so it says that, we, you know, creativity and originality, emotional intelligence doesn't have intuition. It doesn't have um, tone and voice consistency. These are all things people have to add, you know, and, and that's something it can't do, which hopefully it never can. But I don't know. But I was going to say, do you think in like, for example, they've recently rolled out that conversation. I can't remember the tool. But there's an AI conversation posing as a sales rep from Tesla. Oh, Have you seen no, that one where, where he basically runs a customer service call to, I'm imagining a website inquiry, and he basically runs it as if he was the sales rep booking the meeting with a prospect that was interested in a Tesla test drive. And oh, wow. it's, it sounds good, but it's not quite to human level. So, for example, when the prospect um, responds, there's like a three-second delay, so almost unnatural delay. And then he kind of repeats some of the stuff, but it's nearly there to say in five five years' time, these these um, AI machines could definitely, I reckon, make cold calls and almost be fluent yeah. um, as a as a human. So it'd be interesting to see how this is going to impact copy, or do you think it never will in terms of kind of some of these things that we talked about with the human emotional element? I don't know. I mean, there, I don't think it's going to take five years. I mean, le- si- last year at this time, I never heard of Chat GPT. Now look at it. You know, it's all over. And then I heard something, I saw a news um, story about how people, they can use AI to bring back people who've passed on. Like you're, they will take recordings of people who died. And mm. I mean, to me, that was, okay, now we're getting into the creepy. creepy Bit scary, isn't it? Yeah. You know, so who knows? I just hope there's always a need for real people because otherwise I'm out of a job. Mm. <laughs> so I believe that there's always going to be um, some human element involved. And yeah, I got on a, um, a chat bot the other day with a healthcare provider. It was obviously a chat bot. And they said, now we're going to get a human to come in and answer your questions. And it was another chat bot. I could tell. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I can't talk to a person apparently. So. Oh dear. There we go. Um, yeah, just to summarize, Linus, so we've, we've worked through a nice summary of kind of how you can use AI for, for research, implementing it on examples like a, a landing page. To flip it to the other side, what are, as, as of now, as of the time of recording, kind of July 2023, what are the main things that you should definitely avoid when it comes to AI? What are the main things you, you touched on emotion, for an example, um, or getting emotive with your copy? What are the main things where we really need to make sure that we keep that human element and human review and human implementation? How, how do we do that? Or What are the main things that we shouldn't run through AI, when it, specifically with copywriting? Um, are there any that we haven't touched on where you really need to kind of steer clear of AI or robots and make sure that you put your own input when it comes to getting impact from your copywriting? I think emails are probably the biggest one. Like you can have it check your vocabulary and stuff, but I just, I just think you have such a short amount of time to grab somebody's attention if you give it away that you're using AI, it's going to really be a turnoff before they even read what you have to say. 
I wouldn't use it for, for emails. Um, I mean, you always are going to need a person to interview your customers. You can't do that through AI. That's how you're going to get your best information. Mm. Um, I would just say you always have to check and double check anything you use it for, because for one, the information may not be accurate. Um, and, and the other is to keep it conversational. You're always going to have to tweak it. It's just, it's just going to give you the facts. And now you need to break it up and make it sound like a person and adding emotion to it would be, you know, the, the challenges and the pain points. Those are things you need to speak to people about and hopefully it won't be handing that over to AI. Yeah. You know, I hope not. Awesome. Linda, really appreciate the conversation as always with that. Please do tell us more about how everyone can connect with you, learn more. Well, work. I'm on LinkedIn, of course. <laughs> My website is thecopyworks.com, and I have a weekly newsletter, too, that where I send out all different kinds of copy conversion tips for uh, marketers and copywriters. That's the best place to find me. Awesome. And we'll put all of those links in the show notes at businessgrowth.marketing. Thanks once again, Linda. Enjoyed the chat. Thank you. And that is a wrap of today's episode. I hope you found some actionable advice that you can use to help you improve your copy conversions. And for even more copywriting exclusive tips, be sure to click the link in the show notes to sign up for my weekly newsletter so you don't miss a beat. And as always, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave a review. It really helps me out. Talk again soon.